This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 15-inch. On this episode, we talk to the current host of Mystery Science Theater 3000. He's a host of the Nerdist podcast and host of Jonah Radio podcast, and he's a huge Weird Al fan, Jonah Ray. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. I cannot get enough of that theme song. I love it. It's so amazing. And it's performed by the Grammy-nominated Jim Kimo West. I listen to that podcast theme song on repeat. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so speaking of Jim, um, he announced that he was going out on tour in early 2020, and he's part of this group called International Guitar Night, which is a group of guitarists that kind of highlight the acoustic guitar. So it's going to be kind of really cool. He's going to be out from January through March, and they're hitting stops uh, mostly in the uh, Northwest Alaska, California, Montana, but he is coming as east as Wolf Trap in Vienna. So, hey, we might check that one out, Ethan. Yeah, that would be really cool. And uh, I, I was looking into it. It's it's at the Barnes at Wolf Trap, which seems like a very cool venue. And uh, for information and for tickets, you can head over to internationalguitarnight.com. And don't forget, Jim's also doing a solo show on the 28th of August at Square Cat Vinyl in Indianapolis. And that's the day before Weird Al plays in Indianapolis. Yeah, so let's talk about another band member. This week is John Bermuda Schwartz's birthday, August 18th. Yes! How exciting. Yeah, uh, so this always kind of amuses me because Bermuda's birthday falls in August, which is in the obviously in the summer which is usually when al's out on tour so a lot of times he's outperforming on his birthday and again this year he's outperforming on his birthday so for you guys who are going to go to airway heights washington he will be performing on his birthday as part of weird al's band yeah it's so crazy because we are seeing you know six shows over the next week and that's the one that we're not going to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm so bummed we kind of skipped it and not really thinking oh this is bermuda's birthday it was a little bit far of a drive for us to actually hit that one and make our our plans work yeah it was it just i think it was something like you know a 12 hour round trip out of our way <laughs> so it just it, you know the most bang for our buck uh did not include that show but how cool i mean you think bermuda does something special does he do an extra long drum solo for his birthday <laughs> i mean i've seen and heard video clips of uh al you know kind of wishing bermuda happy birthday or kind of playing a prank on him so you never know i mean <laughs> this this tour is a little looser than the other tours i mean it's still very scripted but it's a, a little looser than the other tours not as loose as the vanity tour right but but definitely you know as looser than a lot of the is uh, previous tours so you might see some you know improvisation from uh, al on that one so if you're going to that concert you know please report back give us a call 347 spatula and let us know what's going on yeah or you know if you're in the band and you want to t- give us a <laughs> up and any pranks uh let us know <laughs> um so i was actually curious you know how like the band always rebrands themselves after each album right you know like for example you know after dare to be stupid they were called the stupid band right <laughs> <laughs> so um and i know like after mandatory fun they're called the mandatory fun band so, <laughs> But I don't know that they've ever rebranded themselves for a specific tour. Obviously, the last album was Mandatory Fun. Are they still the Mandatory Fun band? Or are they uh, the Strings Attached band? What, what do they call themselves? Well, I mean, it sounds like they, they go based on Al's most recent release. So uh, I think the only logical name is the Hamilton Polka Band. <laughs> 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 I don't know. That's a good question. I mean... Um, you know, we in, in Toronto, uh, we're able to learn that the you know the symphony segment is called the Stormtrooper Symphony, um, but you know I haven't seen anything talking about what the band is called. I mean, Al's band, 
I mean, maybe they just revert back to Al's band <laughs> in a time of no new album. Or maybe it's the attached band. I don't know. <laughs> they could always call themselves the Weird Al Yankovic band. Right. You know, so so that, that always fits. But sometimes, you know, they do personalize it. So I was just wondering if you had heard anything because I hadn't heard anything either. I guess I'll just call them, you know, the Weird Al Yankovic band or the band. I think people will know <laughs> what we're talking about if we call them the band. <laughs> Uh, or just the greatest band in the world. Uh, people will know what we're talking about as well. <laughs> well, that's, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, well, technically, you know, after the Hamilton Polka, Jim Kimo West released our theme song. So maybe it's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast theme song band. Well, yes, that was an obvious <laughs> choice. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> that must be it. As I mentioned, we are going to be going back on the road. Um, I guess we should maybe ask someone. Maybe we'll just ask <laughs> Bermuda or Al or, or Jim or someone. I'm sure there's an answer, but uh, <laughs> very shortly, um, I will be seeing you again in person in Seattle. Yes, we're going to be out on tour again, both of us, and Jackie's coming along too, of course, from August 16th through August 22nd. We're hitting three concerts in Seattle. Like two of them in one day, which is going to be so cool. It's going to be like, we're, we might as well just stay in the venue in right. Seattle, right? <laughs> we don't need a hotel. We just <laughs> stay in our right. seats. Well, we do have different seats, which will be interesting because, you know, you get to see the different angles and it'll be seeing three of the same orchestra, like right in a row. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see or at least compare the first of the three to the third of the three. I, I think that'll be fun. Yeah, it'll definitely be fun. And then we're also, at least for me, this is the first time this tour that I'll be crossing the Canadian border. I know you've already done that once. That's right. But we'll we'll be uh, hitting shows together in Vancouver, British Columbia, Victoria, British Columbia, and Abbotsford, British Columbia. Yeah, well, I'm really hoping that we'll have at least some time to stop in Chilliwack. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you're good. <laughs> so I know we got a lot, a lot of listeners in that part of the world, right? Uh, so if you will be there, please stop by, say hello. We will have stickers for you while supplies last. So yes. make sure you you see us. And we might give them all away in Seattle because well, what else are we going to do while we're waiting while we're passing time? <laughs> while we're staying overnight. Yeah. It'll, yeah, it'll be uh, quite a journey. So yeah, I'm excited to, to meet some folks out that way that I've only known online. I think it'll be really fun. And, uh, you know, it, it, we mentioned how busy it is for us, but it's also pretty busy for some, you know, alumni of our podcast. You know, obviously our guest this week, uh, Jonah Ray, has a new album that is dropping on Friday, the 16th, You Can't Call Me Al. And uh, that'll be available on iTunes and everywhere you can get digital songs. And then, of course, our episode four-inch guest, TV's Kyle, his new album is out this week. It's called Commodore Touchdown, and it's available on Needlejuice Records. So definitely go check those out. A lot of Al news this week. So Al was on To Tell the Truth, which was a game show uh, in prime time, and I watched it. And I don't want to spoil it because I don't know if they show these. Usually when it's on prime time, you know, they usually don't reshow these like very often. So you might have to catch it on demand. But if you haven't seen it, um, I won't spoil whether he wins or not. But let me just say that I think he got robbed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he won because and you think he got robbed because he should have lost. I think that's... <laughs> Well, I'm not going to say whether he won or lost. Okay. Actually, I'm not even sure if they even told us who okay. won or lost. <laughs> well, they told us who lost, but I don't know if they ever told us who won. Okay. Uh, but um, he did. it was interesting because one of the guests, he actually had to recuse himself because he knew that guest. You'd think they would do the research. Like, hey, maybe Al knows this person. It's like Wait, it wasn't like it was a, it was a oh okay well there was a connection that wasn't obvious it was a really obvious connection somebody should have picked that up one of the other cool guests I got to say one of the funny moments is there was a uh, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying this but there was one of the uh, guests was uh, somebody who held the world record for solving the Rubik's cube with their feet. Oh, wow. And uh, we did get to see Al attempt to do that. So <laughs> it is, it is worth tuning in just to see Al attempt to solve a Rubik's cube with his feet. That's amazing. I, uh, 
<laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, so some other big news that we wanted to mention is that Fest of Al is coming back for the second round, and uh, the tickets just went on sale. You can head over to festofal.com, and uh, those will be on June 27th and 28th, 2020, in Denver, Colorado. So very exciting. Another uh, fan festival uh, for people to enjoy. Yeah, those fan festivals are a lot of fun. So, I mean, it definitely if you get a chance to attend one of them, I mean, you're, you're basically in a room full of people like Ethan and me, obsessed fans of Weird Al. So it's <laughs> it, it's 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 a great, fun, fun time. I know we talked a little bit about it or we will talk a little bit about it. Um, when we do our episode about the Weird Al Star Fund and the after show party and how much fun that was hanging out with all the fans. So it it will be, uh, it should be a lot of fun to hang out and go see Festival if you can. And I know tickets are limited, so uh, if you're interested, get those tickets while they are still available. (laughs) And uh, hey, so it's about time that we talk to Jonah Ray. Yeah, so our next guest is Jonah Ray, and his EP is so cool. So he takes Al's lyrics and he puts them to his own original punk music that he recorded himself. It's absolutely amazing. It's called You Can't Call Me Al. It's available August 16th on Asian Man Records. Let's get right into this interview. Very excited to welcome to the program, Jonah Ray. How's it going, Jonah? Hey, how's it going? It's great. Thank you so much for calling us. Uh, of course, uh, but let's let the listeners let's let's be clear. You called me, all right? Okay, all right, yeah. I, I forgot. I don't want people thinking I don't want people thinking I have your numbers. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we of course do not let our guests have our numbers. They have our intern Frank's number. Um, <laughs> we are their number is totally fine, right? <laughs> and of course, it'll be published online along with my social security number, right? Which we do require of our guests. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you uh, were willing oh, to go man. through. <laughs> so, Jonah, we, of course, uh, are so excited to talk about you have a brand new album EP out called You Can't Call Me Out. It officially drops on the 16th of August. Yes, I'm very, uh, very excited to have this uh, dumb little thing come out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, you know, six months ago or whatever. It just you just kind of released it, I think, on Bandcamp, just like a like, hey, this is a thing I did. When did it turn from, hey, this is a fun thing, to, hey, I'm putting out an album? Well, it was it was kind of part of the same, and like you know, because I just did it because, you know, I had the songs, and then my friend Zach um, from Fiddler, like he's just like he's like, hey, I got a couple free days at a studio like in the neighborhood. You want to just record those songs? Cause they, you know, <laughs> for him, it's just like a way to like, kind of just keep sharp and experiment, you know, and like learn how to, you know, produce or engineer better in a studio. So he was just kind of like, he was just like, yeah, let's do that. It'll be fun. It's almost just kind of a way to hang out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and so when I put it out, it was, it was just like, I was like, I don't know. It's like, I didn't, I was like, I don't want to spend money on this thing. I don't like it. It wasn't really for anybody. So I just kind of figured I'd, I'd just put it up on Bandcamp just for, for kicks, just to have it, you know, yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then when that happened, some guy, I got to remember his name because he's responsible for it, where he responded to the tweet saying, hey, Mike Park, Asian Man Records should put this out. And then Mike Park from Asian Man Records got a hold of me and was just like, he's like, yeah, this sound, that would be really funny and stupid if we did that. How about... Uh, <laughs> How about like a one-sided 12-inch uh, vinyl version of it? We'll do etching. You know, my friend Dana Lechtenberg is a great designer. He was like, let's do etching on the B-side. That's so and, cool. And, you know, and so it was just kind of this, you know, even in the, the name of it was like my friend Chantel. Um, she was just like, she's like, oh, that's so silly. You should call it You Can't Call Me Out. And, you know, it was a reference to Paul Simon. It's right. just like everything was just kind of fun and, it, and fun and dumb about it. It just felt like it really made me feel like it when it, back when I was younger and just would make stuff for fun. Right. And that's kind of what I tried to keep on, you know, moving forward with it. Like, I was just like, Oh, how, how much can I push this thing? Uh, this <laughs> thing that like really has no real, like, you know, it, it's, it's just, it is what it is. And I, and I kind of like it for that. Right. 
you know, right now, Ethan and I are collectors, and we really appreciated the uh, the limited edition 500 uh, version of your uh, EP. And the etched, the etched, for people who don't haven't seen the etched vinyl, it's actually a reference to UHF with uh, with the name Ray in in the little <laughs> TVs. Yeah, which I yeah. absolutely love. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was done by um, yeah, like I said, Dana Lechtenberg. And it's funny because like there was you know we were just kind of doing it real fast and. And uh, um, it was funny because it's like Dana just put because he, he knew it was going to be on 12 inch vinyl. So he just put uh, 33 as the speed on the <laughs> label design and on the etching. And it's uh, but since it's an EP on 12 inch, it's at 45 RPM. Mm. And so th- that's one of the things that's wrong with it. There's also uh, <laughs> I, when, when I was doing the layout for the um, and the design for the uh, back cover and the cover of the album, I, I, I missed it. I like did the. Uh, um the track listing wrong like you know it's like like, it's like but we can but now we can just say hey limited edition it's like you know it's like did you know the first pressing of that record had some uh some inconsistencies that they were corrected and now it's worth lots of money on discogs right (laughs) i so i actually haven't received my net yet i know dave's uh has come in the mail i'm very excited i think it's gonna arrive this week so I haven't yeah, did you get it. the shirt as well? I did. I got the shirt. And... Yeah, see that that if you yeah. got the shirt, it slowed it down. Okay. They had to wait for the shirts to get made. Yeah, see that's uh, worth it. That's worth it to me. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that was like another thing. Like, um, like Mike Park was like, he was like, hey, I usually like to kind of do like with the pre-orders, like a shirt, uh, like a shirt design thing. Um, like, uh, what do you what do you think? I was like, oh, my my wife was a great, you know, uh, designer. Like, uh, she was busy. Uh, with like on an acting job and i was just kind of like oh well maybe i'll 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 just see if jay howell can do it and jay howell of course is (laughs) you know just a buddy i know from around town and he's like a punk guy and he designed bob's burgers and sanjay and craig and stuff like that so (laughs) he was like he was like give me a week and then so i tell mike park i was like hey we can get jay howell if we wait a week to announce the album and then in that time i was like you know what now that i have a week i could probably throw together a music video and then that's when i figured out the (laughs) homage paradise video yes that is so great i i mean I feel like Amish Paradise is the standout on the album. They're all amazing, but Amish Paradise, there's something about that song that I cannot get your version of it out of my head. Oh, that's great. Thanks. <laughs> that's so nice of you. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because it's like when I was trying to think of what one, this sounds so dumb, which one would be the single, but you know right. which one I would put out first. Right. Um, I kind of like, because like, you know, I really song wise i just i think frank's 2000 tv uh is so fun it's just bouncy you know um and i love the lead guitar that cody votolato does on it and stuff but uh uh and there's like the hey like the hey 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 kind of references to like you know one of my favorite bands uh avail but it's just one of those things where i was like but i was like but that's an original owl song that not a lot of you know i would say you know squares would know (laughs) it's only kind of like for you know yanka heads right (laughs) is Um, that what we're called yanka heads i like that (laughs) i I just think i just came up with it and it feels right feels right um but like so it's it was with that it wasn't like you know you know like eat it is is not it is you know it's an acoustic ballady one so it doesn't really represent the album and then uh dare to be stupid is just so incredibly short um and so like edith was just kind of for me i was I, I can't tell they're all my babies right but um it really is like one of those things where i was like i was like oh this will be the one and people uh are always are all saying that it's their favorite song on the ep which is a, a bummer because now for them it's all diminishing returns when they listen to the rest of it <laughs> <laughs> well you know one thing i just i really love about the project is as an al fan i'm an al fan before i'm a fan of any other music and it's very rare that we get our, you know, my music, you know, done in a different way because I love Al's lyrics. I have no, there's no compassion for Gangsta's Paradise or Beat It. Mm-hmm. I want to hear the Al lyrics. So getting a remaster of Al's brilliant lyrics is just, it's just the greatest for me. I want more of this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because it's like for me the idea of even doing it at first was just, I just like playing guitar and I like singing, you know, for myself, like right. I'm just hanging around the house. Um, and I don't like, you know, if I, if I just start to kind of freestyle lyrics, um, I get self-conscious because I almost kind of 
reveal like you know very <laughs> weird truths about myself to myself <laughs> like if someone overheard me just kind of freestyling like lyrics while i'm just playing guitar at home they would think that i am suicidal um <laughs> uh, and so with this it was just kind of like i was like well i know weird Al lyrics by heart so i'll just use those as a as a just something to do and then it it just kind of felt fun it was just a fun dumb thing like and then I, I was like, I was like, oh, that's kind of. And then like I found myself going, oh, I think I kind of came up with a really catchy chorus for Amish Paradise, <laughs> or, or like you know, just even the other day I was I was like working on um, my version of on like a version of a Trigger Happy. Oh, cool. You know, oh, nice. yeah. And I don't know if that'll get recorded or if uh, you know, at the album release party I'm gonna try and uh, record the set. Maybe just you know do like a little live two songer because I might try to also do. Uh, happy birthday which in itself is already a great punk song oh totally that is yeah, so I was cool say, yeah you picked four great songs to to cover um and it's really hard to go wrong with alice catalog i dare to be stupid frank's 2000 inch tv Amish paradise and of course eat it you kind of answered one of my other questions i was gonna ask is there anything else that you were looking forward to covering that you didn't cover on this album and yeah i mean well there was the like it was it was you know it was one of those weird things where I just had those. And then when Zach asked me if I wanted to record them, I said, yeah. And I, I, and there wasn't enough time to like really kind of dig in and write some more. I, you know, I, I, I do kind of think it would have been nice to fill it out, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would ever, you know, continue to do this. I don't know if I, if I did another one of these, maybe I would, uh, you know, do, these you know new versions of adam sandler um songs you know? <laughs> <laughs> or if i would do like a like you know a punk rendition of the longest p i don't right. know, you know? <laughs> um but it's uh yeah those would be like it's like trigger happy is it's such a it's such a great the lyrics are just so good and and also very kind of timely and then um and then you know it's uh same with uh like happy birthday is just such a it's such a nihilistic song and the juxtaposition of yeah. just like the peppiness of it. It really just <laughs> is a, it just is a punk song. It's just really, it's nihilistic and it's talking about what's wrong. Like, and it's, and he's not like, and like some of the stuff is bigger. Like he, you know, he makes it comical. Some of the stuff that he's like, you know, calling out and happy birthday, but a lot of it is just like, well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that is an issue. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, um, it is it is just kind of something i don't know i don't know if i would uh, continue more and then also that was the other thing i had a version of the um every country has a monster song right from uh, mst um the from reptilicus i, I already kind of had that one um just for kicks as well because that's you know those are lyrics i had to learn and now i can't get them out of my head <laughs> you know it's like i had to memorize those those words to that rap and then so like that was just another thing just like the other things i'm playing guitar and i have a riff i like and i kind of have a tune i want to sing so right. i just sing the lyrics i know <laughs> and so that's why that's on that record too you know so was that was that like an after thing or you already had that and you were like then you I already i already had it okay i had it and so i kind of just figured like might as well record it when we were there you know cool. and then also it's it's that it's that uh, maybe that extra um i don't know that extra little like dumb twist of uh, and then I, you know, I also did another version of another comedy song. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it kind of it sure for sure pulls away from the general theme of it. But I don't care. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I like the riff and, it, you know, and it's, and it's got my friend Neil Mahoney doing a, a Yeti growl, in it, which is very fun. <laughs> Well, it's, you know, it kind of it, it kind of intersects the the nerds. I mean, the the Al fans like Dave and I were going to get it. You know, the Mystery Science Theater people are going to get it. Now it's you know the people who are just fans of your comedy are going to get it. It's like a big Venn diagram of just like you have to listen to. You can't call me Al. Yeah, it's it's really the uh, the Jonah Ray quadrants. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the that was you know it's when I doing it there was no intention of who, like you know who would like it. And why it was, it wasn't a thing that like, uh, like I was making it going, Oh man, people are going to go crazy for this one. <laughs> oh man, my fellow nerds. Oh, they're going to, they're going to voice me up upon their shoulders. The, the, you know, the nerds that like, you know, weird Al, mystery science theater and screeching weasel. Oh, they're going to go crazy <laughs> for this one. It was, it was literally something done out of just, um, 
nervous energy uh, needing to be distracted, <laughs> and so being creative. I can imagine some people maybe are hearing about this for the first time hearing this interview and they're probably bummed to hear that it's completely sold out. Is there like, is there going to be a re-release? You know, could we potentially see something else? I know I heard maybe there's a, a cassette tape coming out. What kind of stuff yeah, do people Burger, look forward to? Yeah. Well, Burger records, uh, who's a great, they're just these great kids, um, out of orange County. Um, they, they put out cassette tapes and it's funny. Sometimes people go, Oh, cassette tapes. What a hipster thing. Totally forgetting that. Uh, not everybody has a nice car. Uh, <laughs> sometimes people just have a cassette tape deck in their car and also want to listen to stuff that's new. Um, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it's uh, yeah. So these guys and they were in this they were in this incredible band called The Makeout Party, um, who had a, one of my favorite records was called it was a I'm called Make Believe. And anyway, so they have this record store down in Fullerton, in Orange County, and then they have uh, they have this tape label. Uh, they put out a ton of stuff and they kind of do the tapes for, you know, sub pop records and all these other kind of oh, cool wow. labels. Um, but so, you know, and they're huge Weird Al fans and Mystery Science Theater fans <laughs> as well. And I've kind of known them here and there just through the punk scene for, you know, going on like 15, 20 years or something like that out here. And um, so they were totally down for doing the cassette version of it. Uh, so that'll be coming out. Um, and then um, we will probably be doing a second pressing of the uh, vinyl, um, and that's that. Of course, will have the correct order of the track listing. <laughs> uh, uh, I think the I think the etching on the B side. I think that's uh, that's a loss. That's uh, that'll just always say thirty three. Um, and I think uh, we're gonna just maybe like I have an idea. Like because we could do colored vinyl, you know, just or clear vinyl or some kind of design. Uh, mm -hmm. But I really want to see what the price point is. And I just saw this last night because, uh, um, you know, you could do a picture disc of on vinyl, which is right. just, you know, any kind of image. And I thought it'd be really funny if it was a picture of hands holding the uh, first pressing of the record uh, <laughs> on the record. And then so uh, any subsequent pressing, you would just do that again and again. So it just kind of becomes smaller and smaller like an infinity mirror. <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But it's one of those things that's really counting on like, okay, well, okay, that's like we sold 500. So if we sell another 500, then we'll be able to do the next joke, which will that sell another five? You know, it's that thing of, uh, you know, this is like probably a like decades long uh, search to, like, to do that to where it really starts to look dumb and cooler, you know? Well, I, you know, you could at the very least put out less than 500 and just, I'm sure there's an equation you could figure out where how many people are going to rebuy it just to have the next edition. Dave and I will get another one. I know other Al <laughs> oh, collectors are going to get another one. Like if you put out oh. 400, we're all going to get that. Then you put out the next one, do 300. It's just going to, you're going <laughs> to yeah, print money. It's just, it's just really <laughs> just screwing over the collectors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just that, that, like scratching that itch of those guys that go, I don't want it again, but I, yeah. <laughs> that just happened with the Stranger Things soundtrack. They put out like oh, nine yeah. different variations on vinyl and CD and cassette. And I'm just like, it's only one Al song. It's only my Bologna, but I have to get all of them. And it's like, I have to order some from England and I got to order something from Urban Outfitters. It's, it's, yeah. it's oh so annoying. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. It is. It's, it is. It's like manipulative. It's just like, it's really just capitalism unchecked. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, screwing people over that just like have this, you know, uh, you know, mental defect. Yeah. Like, I need it all. <laughs> They're taking advantage of mentally uh, messed up people like myself. <laughs> oh, so, are you a collector? Do you collect stuff? You know, I used to like be really. I would. Ha I had. I used to have a huge. Um, I used to have a huge uh, VHS collection up until maybe about like uh, I don't know eight years ago or so. Um, I was collecting vinyl for a while. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that um, I, as I got older, and you know, my wife and I live in a small place, and so it's one of those things where I started to kind of. Um, I used. To, I'm starting to buy less stuff. Right. You know, it's I'm starting to just kind of be like, it's like, well, this is just stuff and it's taken up room in my life. And I if I if I don't buy this stuff, then maybe I could save up money. My wife and I could go on a uh, trip to somewhere we've never been. And you know, that ex those experiences um, <laughs> uh, 
and you know those those times and those memories might be worth a little bit more than you know this uh this record store day version of uh you know <laughs> earache my eye from the episode soundtrack <laughs> yeah so i cut it out I, I got rid of all my vhs and i you know it's just uh it's tough you know it's like it's like weird because i want to i still want to support brick and mortar Right. And I want to support independent record stores and bookstores and stuff like that. But it's, uh, I just, you know, it's something about just having stuff. It just kind of piles up. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you know, I've been to like a lot of fancy people's houses and sometimes, you know, you see it that they just kind of have these rooms just full of stuff or, or even sometimes where it's almost like, a, it's a, it's like their house is just full of, um, fan art of them. And it's almost a monument to them. Mm. And it just I start, it started really kind of uh, messing with my head. I go, you know, you can't take this stuff with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna have a museum. It was like, it's like, here's all of Jonah's stuff. Here's some back issues of the Wolverine saga that he never got rid of. That was only worth ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, but you think it'd be worth a little bit more if it comes from Jonah Ray's collection. Yeah, maybe a... you know it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd hope i'd hope so eventually you, know, you never know you know that's i i never like to um count on anyone's interest in me <laughs> something that you might have collected uh, even now and as as a younger child was probably weird al's albums so yes I, so i want to know what was your first exposure to weird al what was your first album your first song first time um, hearing al so the, I got in like my first the first CD I got from album was uh, from Al was um, uh, even worse, uh, but it was it would already it already have been out for a bit, you know. Um, and but he was I thought he was cool, and I was just starting to really get into music. Like I just saw my first concert, which was Metallica. So like you know live music and people playing music, and then I was also really into comedy. So you know to be into music and comedy, Al was just kind of it's right there, you know, it's yep. perfect. Yep. It's, yep. it's really, it, it really is like a music fans. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've, I've said this for years where it's like, Al is, I love music. Uh, and Al, um, is a guy that you can hang out with to make fun of music with and still enjoy it. Um, and, um, I, and I always thought that that was about like Mr. Science theater. Where it's like, I love old cheesy movies and this is the show where you can hang out with your friends while making fun of it like it's like it's it's you know comedy and the other thing i like which is always my favorite thing yeah, um right. almost kind of like how people like the daily show or you know uh, john oliver where it's, it's news and they get to laugh it's these things that kind of are nice combinations where you put comedy onto it and it's that much better so like when al came out like when i found a weird al i was just like i was like this is this is what i've been looking for um and and so the next album to come out like the one that i could it's like anticipate and then go to the store uh, the day it comes out and buy it was off the deep end. And that one was uh, just, you know, it meant the world to me just cause it was like, it was one of those things where it was, as I was starting to like, no, go to the record store. And now I was like, Oh, the out, the out, the weird owl album's coming out time to go to the store and get it. And so that one is like the first real one that I got. That wasn't like, you know, me and my brother getting the thing that we thought was funny, which was even worse. Right. And also, also, of course, like UHF was huge for us as well, you know, because that like I think, you know, even UHF was like the thing that really got me really in super into Weird Al. Yeah, as it as it I mean, it continues to do. It's just it's this legendary movie that it's like a great introduction <laughs> to Al, but also just great humor and parody and everything together. It really is like it, it, I always think it's um, it's if if SCTV uh, like became a movie, if mm. like if, if the, someone took yeah. the idea of SCTV and made it into a movie, that's UHF yeah. to me. Uh, I remember I was saying that about online. Some guy was like, uh, they made a movie. It's called Strange Brew. And I was like, that's like saying <laughs> that's like saying like, you know, the Blues Brothers or uh, Wayne's World is an SNL movie. It, there are characters from SNL. But they're not like it's like UHF is the best one of the best sketch movies because it is a ton of little parody sketches. It is a ton of little, you know, um, like vignettes of comedy. So it is really it's a story and it's all, you know, it has a whole storyline and everything like that. But it really is a sketch movie um, with a, a great congruent emotional story arc. And so that one is like it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. Is it safe to say that was in your VHS collection? 
Yes, it's okay. I, that's the one of the ones I still have the VHS. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, I didn't get rid of all of them. I have that. I have um, um, Mr. Science Theater 3000, the movie on VHS. I have uh, and I have the movie Rad on VHS, <laughs> which was of course the, uh, the 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 BMX movie from '87. <laughs> so, uh, but it's yeah. So it's uh, it, it really is just. I think UHF is probably yeah really up there for me. And I'll put it right next to like you know Brain Candy from Kids in the Hall. So. so you mentioned Mystery Science Theater, and obviously you are the host of Mystery Science Theater. How how did that come to be? Um, I just I, I met uh, Joel Hodgson, um, and then he we ran into each other a few times while he was in town once, and then he kind of, we just kind of became friends and. Um, and he just started talking to me. He started like looking up stuff I had done before. So he saw a lot of like my, um, just a lot of my, uh, you know, comedy stuff. Like, and then like he, I just, right when we were kind of getting going, like right when he was starting to talk to me about, you know, maybe starting up Mr. Science Theater again, uh, he was like, yeah, man, send me anything you got. And I had just done the pilot for a, a show I made called Hidden America. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where he just kind of starts saying, hey, maybe you could be a writer if I bring it back, or maybe you can be a producer or a director on it. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I'd, I'd do anything. I'd right. be a PA on it right. if you asked me to. <laughs> um, and then finally, he was just kind of, he, he was just like, you know, I've just been thinking about it, man. I think you're just the guy. And then so it just kind of, <laughs> in real Joel fashion, just kind of like, you know, slipped out of his mouth and then it was what we all had to deal with. <laughs> so amazing yeah and it's, and it's still you know it's funny because of course i have to like you know when i'm interviewed or when i do cons and q a's and stuff like that i have to talk about it and i i don't i i don't know if i'm completely being like truthful with how much it means to me when i talk about it uh because of how crazy it still feels and I don't know if I'll ever really, I mean, I think it's going to be years down the line before I'm able, ever able to really process it and talk about it in an, in, in a emotionally intelligent way with how, which, <laughs> with how, how big it is to me and how much it means to me and how crazy it is. Cause if I kind of, you know, as you notice, I'm kind of starting to stammer because I don't really know what to say about it besides like, yeah, it's crazy. It's a dream come true. <laughs> right. And, and who does that? And why me? Why, you know? I should be saying why not me, but I have low self-esteem, so of course I go why me. It should, it, you know, it should be somebody else. I would like to challenge you to um, convert <laughs> that feeling into Weird Al fandom. So, to me or Dave, you know, what could happen to us that would be equivalent to you becoming the host of Mystery Science Theater? Do we have to become Weird Al? Yeah, I, I, I say so. If like if Weird Al became like a almost, and we, and it's very possible he stayed youthful for a very long time. So if we were to say that Weird Al is the Dread Pirate Roberts from <laughs> Princess Bride, <laughs> where throughout the decades, uh, to stay relevant, he tosses it down to another person who goes through some, uh, you know, um, <laughs> plastic surgery to kind of make it seem like he kind of is the same guy that's aged a little bit. Uh, and so I think that's the only – it's so weird to me because it's like – it's yeah, because it's so one-to-one, like, you know, oh, like – I, I get to be in mystery science theater, but I'm like, I'll never get to be weird Al. Uh, it's like, right. it's like, it's a real, it's a, you know, I've had lots of other things in my life where it's like, you know, with hidden America, I was like, I got to do a sketch show. Uh, like how I always wanted, but I didn't get to be a kid in the hall. I'm not Kevin McDonald. Right. You know, <laughs> um, it's like, it's like, I never got to be in, um, uh, you know, Saturday Night Live, that meaning I'm like, I never got to be Mike Myers, Chris Farley. It's just, it's such a, you know, it's a real one-to-one thing that it's, <laughs> I, but yeah, so if you can figure out how to get on that line of Dread Pirate Roberts, Weird Al, uh, uh, you know, pecking order. <laughs> I'll sign up for I that. I think you guys are set. Yeah. you guys are set with that. <laughs> we know the trivia, we know the lyrics, I think, you know, I think we could do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, like, you know, my, my, my high school quote, my senior year quote, was rejected, but it was a, it was supposed to be a weird outline, which was uh, uh, which is a real it, it reveals a lot of like uh, how I felt about myself and, <laughs> um, in high school. But it was uh, stuck at the gas station of love, uh, and I have to use the self service. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why they would have denied you to use that. <laughs> I thought it, in, in my head at the time I was like I was like they will have no idea. What yeah. <laughs> 
Because Al's so clever with his jerk off joke. <laughs> so you have a, a release show coming up this month for You Can't Call Me Al. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be at the High House, which is like a, a really fun venue in, in my neighborhood in L.A. And um, like uh, one of the bands that I've loved for a very long time and I'm friends with uh, Toys That Kill. It's you know, I, like when I first went out to L.A., I was kind of lived on the same street as them. And they were my friends when I first moved out here. I was obsessed with their band before that called FYP. Uh, and so like they're playing, which is really, really cool. Um, and then uh, Tim Casher, who was in this band, uh, was legendary when I was younger, uh, called Cursive. Uh He's playing a set, and then um, my friends uh, have this dumb band called Karate the Band, which is just a punk band, and all the songs are about karate. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, they have songs like uh, Karate Fight School, um, Go Karate Go, um, uh, Karate Graveyard is probably one of the more fun ones. It's kind of like a misfit song about all the all the all the ancient karate ghosts that haunt this graveyard. This karate graveyard. <laughs> Um, and then, um, yeah. And then, uh, Colleen Green was supposed to do it, but she's, uh, she had to cancel because she forgot that she has shows in Seattle, uh, which is, uh, if you are aware of who she is, it's, uh, not the biggest surprise that she would, for, she would flake and forget about. <laughs> she's kind of into marijuana. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, my friend, Michael Bryan, uh, who was on SNL and, uh, of course has the show, uh, AP bio, um, He's always making jokes where he's like, he's like, why aren't you covering Party of the CIA? You have to do a version of Party of the CIA. <laughs> and so I, I was like, I was like, hey man, I'm doing this release show. Uh, do you want to do it? He's like, he was like, yes. Should, should we try and figure out Party of the CIA? I was like, well, that might that might be a bit much to like pull together with our schedules. But how about uh, I'll get a bongo. Uh, and you can do a beat poet version of the lyrics to Party in the CIA. <laughs> so do that. Oh, I really hope you put out uh, a recording of this. I need to hear all this. I, of course, yeah, yeah. we are too far away, unfortunately. And we are going to be at Al shows during the record release. Yes, which I saw last night. Yeah. How, so is this your first time on this tour? Uh, yes, first time on this tour, um, which was uh, awesome to see. And it was a, it was what I loved about this show, which of course is the with strings or string uh, strings attached. Um, it was it was really cool. It was like cool hearing all these accompaniments and stuff like that, and that, like you know, at, only adding, never really taken away or overshadowing. Um, mm -hmm. But it felt like a great combination of a classic Al, you know, spectacle show with the videos and some costume changes and stuff like that. Um, but it was also like still intimate and loose, like last year's, uh, vanity tour, which was my favorite weird Al show I've ever seen. It's yeah. I, I think Dave and I yeah. would agree that the last tour was just unbelievable for super fans. But, um, I agree that this tour, he really, he brought in some of those favorites from, um, the ill-advised tour into this one, stuff that I would never yeah. expect to see on a, a major weird Al tour. And also the idea that he um, it's and the thing I really liked about the, the ill-advised venture was um, you really finally got to see it's like, oh, wait, this is a this is a rock band that's been playing together for decades. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, you know, they, they're on tour every year all the time. It's like they're friends. They're, it's like and you kind of got to see this intimate show where you kind of they're playing songs and they kind of look at each other and smile like, you know, like it's like, oh, yeah, these guys are they're just a rock band. These guys are just a band. Um, and they're, and they're good and they're tight and they're, and they're good at their instruments. And, and there was this kind of looseness and casualness to elements between. And that's really kind of like, uh, what I like about this tour is that it still has all the big spectacle stuff, but it still has this kind of like intimate feeling to it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, live song that you saw on either of those tours uh, really just blew you away Were you really excited to see here. Um, when he he did on this on last night he did a big ball twine in Minnesota which was just so like the emotions of it were so raised because of having the the orchestra behind mm -hmm. him um, and that song I just I love that song so much and it was just it like you know the like when the you know chorus goes like the biggest ball of twine and, like it just <laughs> it felt so big and it was just one of those things where I was like I you know you kind of get emotional because it's like a combination of this is so cool that I get to see this still. I love the song. There's nostalgia. There's now, it's just one of those, you know, great music moments when you go see live music, you know? 
Um, and uh, I love that they did um, a fun zone with an orchestra yes. leading into it. Yes. I was like, I was like, that's really cool. Um, and then with the last year's tour, um, when he did, uh, um, I mean, I never thought I would see Albuquerque done. Like, I never thought that would be something I saw live. Right. And and you got to, to see it to, last year? To see, yeah, I got to see him oh, play Albuquerque awesome. last year. That's great. Yeah. And so that was, uh, yeah, that was huge. That was like, you know, just such a, just a mind blowing thing. And especially too, when he like, and does like, where was I? And then starts <laughs> over and just so you're like, Oh my God. I would love but, uh, to hear you yeah. do a, a punk cover of Albuquerque or biggest ball of twine. Like one of the long songs, like just a, <laughs> Dude, ins- I am way too lazy for that. You, you can, I mean, you, you hear the songs. I don't even do all the verses for like the, like dare to be stupid, which is like a two and a half minute song. I made it into like what? 45, 50 seconds. I, you know, I have like a real, I, I kind of get like a short attention span. I just go, I, I go, here's the bit. Got to get it done with. <laughs> well, you can just perform I Hate Sauerkraut over again. For- <laughs> yeah, this, yeah I, I could just turn that into like a really hard, heavy, moshy, like hardcore song. Yeah. Called I, can, I Hate Sauerkraut. <laughs> and then you could throw in like some of the other lyrics just kind of randomly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every single morning. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. So, I, so we just you just mentioned Dare to Be Stupid, and I gotta ask you about when Al came on your show on Comedy Central and performed Dare to Be Stupid. Yeah, so I really wanted him on when he came on the Meltdown, uh, which is mine and Kumail Nanjiani and Emily Gordon show on a uh, Comedy Central, and. Uh, he was like, he's like, yeah, I mean, but what would I do? Like, I emailed him being like, it's like, and we had a, you know, he, he was, he's always been really great. Like when I was writing on Web Soup, he came and like did a bit that I wrote. And then like, he came and did a bit on Hidden America. Um, and it was just like, he, you know, he's always been really sweet to me and stuff like that. So like, I say, Hey, I really want you on the meltdown. And he's like, yeah, but you know, I don't, I don't really do stand up, and I don't really like have a character. I don't know if I have time to like feel comfortable, like, you know, coming up with something and then running it. And then I was like, okay, here's, here's, here's my pitches. Um, we, uh, we do, you do dare to be stupid. I, I set you up with like a, like a superstar lineup of like, uh, like, you know, current punk stars, you know, <laughs> uh, and then you do, and then we, and we do that thing where when like when the band Fear played SNL, when John Belushi like had Fear play and then they brought in a bunch of punks to just like, you know, like, you know, slam dance uh, on SNL and it got you know cut out, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, it's I was like, we could do that with uh, Happy Birthday. Um, uh, we could do um, Dare to be Stupid with you and Mark Mothersbaugh just standing there pressing play on a backing track. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then we, and he's like, he's like, I like that. That's very funny. And then, so we were reaching out to Mark Mothersbaugh and there was like a lot of, Oh, I'm kind of busy. and kind of this. Uh, and then, uh, um, and then Al kind of like, you know, messages me separately saying, he's like, this is, this is starting to feel like a really polite, uh, go screw yourself. <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay. And then I was like, I don't know, maybe something like, uh, like some kind of alternate version. Yeah. And then like, you know, like an orchestra or this or that. And like, he's like, he's like, you know, I've always thought about doing, versions of the song with like a, a string quartet uh, i was like that we'll do that we'll do dare to be stupid with a string quartet <laughs> and uh now i i take full credit uh for Al's current tour. <laughs> yeah uh technically yeah you were <laughs> you were the first i think that was yeah. the inspiration for the string quartet story it's obvious yeah yeah i haven't heard him say it but i'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it is yeah I, I feel like he said it by not saying it um yeah <laughs> So, um, yeah, that was really do you think that we'll ever, so asking as a collector, uh, will there be a DVD of, uh, the three seasons of the Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail? Man, I wish, um, I don't know if like, I don't know. Um, that would be really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I think they're all on Amazon prime now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a collection like that would be really, really cool. It'll be so uh, fun. Yeah, it's like it's just one of those things, you know, it's Comedy Central and it's Viacom and it's uh it's just such a, you know, uh colluded or just like a it's a it's just so many things going on, so many different, you know, people in charge, it would be hard to 
you know, I, and like right now, like I have the rights to hit America. So I'm going to, I'm trying going to self-release, um, like those DVDs and cool. uh, do some extras and some commentary and stuff like that. Uh, just cause I like the idea for, you know, you collectors. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just don't give us 500 versions of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I'll save that for this, 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 this is, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, poke the, poke the bear with this, but I mean, you know, with meltdown gone, it's, it's like a, it's a sad thing. Do you think it's ever coming back? Do you think that there will ever be a club like that in LA again? Yeah. I mean, this stuff, this stuff happens. It's all cyclical. Um, there's always going to be some place that will be like right now. I really think the next spot in LA is a place called the Lyric Hyperion theater. They're just doing so many great weird shows. They got, um, you know, they got like that kind of avant-garde clown school that's been doing like jams in there and like not like you know paint on the face clown but like you know weird performance improvised clown stuff it's a different <laughs> style of acting um it's not it's not like you know the way we know clown it's more of like the acting style of clown like the stuff that uh you know was kind of uh it's very it's very physical um but like and they're just doing tons of weird cool stuff at that space and i and it feels like it's just as experimental and weird and even more so, I think, than Meltdown ever got. I actually, uh, so I actually it, got like, to yeah. see Weird Al there. He was a guest on a live taping of Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald's show um, at oh, Lyric Hyperion. Awesome. It was awesome. It was such a cool space. Yeah, it's really cool. And, like, you know, just uh, it's just like I, I think they, they got a good mind about them, about, like, uh, letting letting weird stuff happen. You know, a lot of places they just kind of have to – if it's not big, they don't really care. And so it's, they're, they're, they're looking real experimental. So I, I have a, it's always going to exist in some way, somewhere, you know? Yeah. But sometimes like special places like the meltdown just, just happen. And then it's like, you know, it'll, people will talk about it for a while and then they'll forget about it. And then something almost exactly like it will show up and people will be like, <laughs> Oh, this is like that other show that happened. And then, and we're also a version of something else that happened, you know, right, early right. Largo or something like that. Jonah, this is this has just been amazing. I mean, hearing about the process, and of course, it's always great talking to someone who is a, a big Weird Al fan, um, who has been able to, you know, rise the ranks, become a, a mystery science theater host, and uh, put out an album with Weird Al songs. I mean, you, you're living the dream. It's very cool. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's funny the way you phrase that. It's like, it's always cool to hear someone that did these things. Like there's like multiple. Right. It's, like, it's always, <laughs> it's always cool to hear from those, you know, that type of guy that is really into weird owl and also gained a career in comedy, became the host of Mr. Science Theater. Just one of those types. Yeah. One of those types of guys. Yeah. That's what we look for uh, on our show. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like, I, I feel it's really important to, um, you know, uh, wear your heart on your sleeve and your inspiration on your sleeve. Um, uh, because it, it's, you know, it's a way to kind of um, show appreciation for, you know, people that came before you and stuff like that. So it's a, uh, it's also really cool to be able to be, you know, talking to another couple of weird Al fans that, you know, I can just talk about weird Al and it's like, it's on a podcast. Like that's crazy. That's really exciting that that's the thing that can exist <laughs> and, in this world. And that's where the podcast came from is, you know, Dave and I, we needed someone on our level that we could talk to and <laughs> each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's, it's, you know, just the fact it's, you know, like last time I got to go to the show and I got to go like backstage and I'm not, this is not me bragging, but it also kind of is because of, <laughs> you know, like you know it, it, that's the thing about a lot of the stuff i do it's very exciting and i feel blown away by the, the fact that i get to do it and i do like to talk about it it's you know and it's funny because i was just reading the um the eric idol book always look on the bright side and he's like really good about like just name dropping left and right about certain situations he's been in and things he's done and people he's hung out with and it's one of those things where i go yeah dude you're talking about it because it's awesome that it happened right right <laughs> Uh, but like, uh, like, but to what I was saying is like, I got to go like, like my life is so weird and wonderful that I got to, you know, go see Weird Al play. And I bought my, I bought my tickets. Um, and I, uh, like I, I texted him, I got to text him and say, Hey, I like, can't wait for the show. He's like, he's like, Oh, you know, I would have given you passes. 
Uh, and then I was just like, yeah, but you also know I would have given you the record I made for free, but I know for a fact that he mail ordered it. Wow. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. And so like he's, he's, he's like point taken, I'll, but I'll give you backstage passes. And so, you know, I got to, it's like, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate and very, very lucky. And, um, and it's just, uh, it's just like, you know, it's the whole thing is just a way for me to like, you know, celebrate. It's the only way I really knew how to properly celebrate my love for weird out besides trying to make a sequel to uhf right <laughs> is that coming down the pipe or can we look forward to that man i i that's all i want is to do a sequel to uhf or like <laughs> you know the idea that al becomes kind of the uh the, like you know like u62 actually becomes the establishment because that's kind of what happens in these situations right. like he was the underdog then u62 becomes like almost like a network cable channel uh and he's kind of lost he's lost that feeling that drive that made him and then I play like this younger guy that's like saying, it's like, we got to do weird stuff with the programming. And, and like, it's like, it's all about nonlinear TV. We got to take this thing onto the internet. And like, you know, and then I start doing all this crazy stuff that he used to. Um, that's the, that's all I got so far. But, uh, <laughs> but I can surely tell you that Victoria Jackson won't be involved. No. <laughs> Michael Richards. Interview <laughs> <laughs> uh, over. <laughs> also just to reiterate this is not a thing that has actually happened no. it's just my fantasy <laughs> i i just hope that there's a role for me in that fantasy um i would love yep, to be in yep, of course too. you'll okay. be playing the role of carrie owens excellent <laughs> the a role i was born to play <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thanks so much for chatting guys yeah jonah thank you so much yeah, thank you uh we can get it i'm sure on itunes starting on the 16th is that correct yeah, on Friday the 16th, um, it's going to be on all digital platforms. So um, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, it's going to be on Bandcamp. It's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be like on all the streaming stuff. And um, I'm also on that Friday, it's going to be uh, putting out a, a video for Frank's 2000-inch TV nice. that I did with my friend Josh Forbes. Oh, nice. Which, uh, which is a heavy, heavy, uh, let's just call it a... Um, uh, a Forrest Gump tribute to uh, UHF. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to it. Awesome. And of course, the record release show, August 24th at the Hi-Hat. If you're in the LA area, go check that out. Jonah, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. What a great interview. I loved talking to Jonah and so excited that uh, starting Friday, August 16th, he can pick up his brand new EP, You Can't Call Me L, anywhere digital music is sold. And I'm really looking forward to those cassettes when they do come out. Yes, I'm going to have to get a cassette player just to listen to it. <laughs> you know, when he was talking about uh, having old cars with cassette players, I wonder if he's going to cater to anybody who still has an 8-track in their cars. That would be really great if he did. <laughs> and I bet he will just to mess with us. So there's one more edition that we have to get. <laughs> you know what? I am a little bit disappointed that we aren't going to be able to make it out to his record release party that sounds like it's going to be so much fun but we we will be at weird al shows so we'll be doing our thing we have a good excuse and we don't live anywhere near there um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah our final six shows uh, of the tour coming up the pacific northwest it's going to be it's going to be exciting so i'm excited to to do those and then of course uh, record our bonus episodes yeah our bonus episodes are a lot of fun so if you haven't been listening to them i'm not quite sure what you're doing with all your free time because <laughs> uh, obviously you know they, they're bonus episodes they don't necessarily have to be listened to in order but uh, if you do have a little time and you want to check out what we're doing at the concerts we are very thorough with our reviews of these concerts and of course of course they do contain spoilers so we do understand if you do want to uh, wait until you've seen the concert yourself before listening to them but once you've seen that concert, definitely check out these bonus episodes. They are a lot of fun to make, and they're a lot of fun to listen back at. And I know that we do get a lot of comments on our bonus episodes, so <laughs> I'm very, <laughs> very proud of them. And speaking of comments, uh, you can always uh, message us, send to us, comment, all that. Uh, all of our social media, we're Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All of our usernames are at 2000inch. And then, of course, 2000inch.com is our website. We got a Facebook group. We even have our very own hotline. Yes, 347 Spatula. It's a real phone number, 347 772 8852. You can leave us a message anytime, day or night. 
We love hearing from our listeners, and we may even play your message on the air. Speaking of our listeners, thank you again. We love you guys. Thank you for all your support and for downloading and listening, liking, subscribing, all of that stuff. Uh, tell your friends to subscribe. It means a lot to us. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, really anywhere podcasts are sold. And uh, by sold, I mean free. And by <laughs> sold, I also mean if you uh, come to my car in the parking lot, I will sell you burned CDs of these episodes. <laughs> yeah, and if you subscribe, that is the only way you will be ensured that you can get the episode the second they are released. We have a new full episode on every Wednesday. And of course, our bonus episodes, which come out basically whenever we want. So you will want to subscribe if you haven't already, because we have some great, great guests coming up over the next several weeks. And you're absolutely going to love, love next week's guest. He is really doesn't need any introduction because he's a member of the Weird Al Band. And he is John Bermuda Schwartz. Yes, and he will be on our podcast for the second time, which is very exciting because we spoke to him during UHF month. So we'll get a non UHF focused interview (laughs) and uh, man, that was a lot of fun to record with him. Oh yeah, absolutely fun. You definitely want to check that one out. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch weird Al podcast episode 15 inch. Hey, sauerkraut! Shut it down?